Welcome back to the Exit Vila Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Cohen, and I'm here tonight with Henry and Ryan. A couple podcasts ago, we talked about baseball in Arizona, this drastically insane plan of the baseball season being played entirely in Arizona. And now it might be played in both Arizona and Florida, which is usually where spring training is held between the Cactus League and the Grapefruit League. So it is very interesting to see how this development is brewing, and Exavilo Podcast will give you all the details on that and give you our predictions on how the season will go on these new types of standings. So let's dive into it. Guys, but right before we do that, guys, how are you doing tonight? Doing all right. Um, it's been slow. I did get a couple of horse racing bets in over the last couple of days, so that kept me a little bit entertained. <laughs> nice. And it's pretty much been the show for me in terms of uh, sports happiness yep. these days. <laughs> that but too. doing doing well, all things considered. That's good. It's actually pretty funny to see all these major league baseball players on the show. I've heard uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. He's hilarious. If you guys haven't checked him out the yet, the one thing that uh, I know this episode isn't about the what's going on with the show right now, but don't we kind of wish that bigger names were kind of in it? I mean, I, I don't want to yeah. go on a bit of a tangent here, but. Just imagine if, like, Aaron Judge and Mike Trout and Cody Bellinger were in this. They got some good guys, and they got guys who obviously want to be out there. But And I know you can't force people to do things that they don't want to do, but I just wish they had, like, bigger guys doing this, you know? Uh, the best guys don't have time for it, man. They're hitting the tee. Good point. They don't play video games. Good point. <laughs> Mike Trout doesn't have a PlayStation, man. It's true. It's true. That's a fair point. Nah, he, he might. He very well might. <laughs> we cannot confirm or deny. He can have all the PlayStations he want if he's so That's true. So let's dive into it. How how legitimate, in your opinion, is the Arizona Florida split? We just heard that at first it was going to be entirely at Arizona, that 150 degree weather, and now going to split by Cactus League and Grapefruit League, similar to spring training. So how, how likely is this type of season? Didn't happen. When, when we were first talking about everything, guys, I remember saying that I don't think that any league is going to do anything until government officials and the president and whatnot until they say it's okay. But it kind of looks like baseball is willing to take this risk as long as a healthy majority of the players are on it. Now, I know that we're seeing some anonymous quotes about from players who aren't on board with it, understandably so, but... It really looks like baseball wants to go through with this. This is the two, the Arizona plan and the Arizona and Florida plan have both seemed pretty legitimate. So, but I've changed my mind over the last couple of weeks. I really think that baseball wants to get this done. They have a lot of logistics to work out, but I don't think that they. A, can afford to go a year and a half without baseball, and I just don't think they want to do that. They want to get baseball back before before we have another total new offseason. I absolutely agree, agree with Ryan. I think it's encouraging that the league has so much urgency to get some sort of games going, uh, even if it is something as crazy as the grapefruit and the cactus league playing full seasons in Florida and Arizona. 
Uh, I think it, it's awesome to see the baseball certainly leading the way as far as the professional sports leagues and getting back on the field. Uh, I was kind of still holding out hope that you know we'd be able to have a somewhat regular season where people are playing at their home ballparks. But if this is what it takes, I mean, it sounds like there's some plans with social distancing that could make it a possibility. Obviously, uh, some challenges there as well. But, I mean, if, if this is the baseball that we'll get, I'll, I'll certainly take it. I know you guys feel the same way. Henry, it's interesting you actually mentioned that point because Jeff Passan, who spoke earlier today about this issue, said that if there is a type of season where it's split like this, which is very likely, and Ryan, you brought the point how everyone wants baseball. Baseball is a concrete plan, which is very, very uh, positive right now. But they said like if this season starts out like this and the, over time the virus starts to go away, then perhaps it can return to the stadium. But for now... It does look like this is a pretty legitimate plan, although, as Ryan mentioned, it will certainly need some logistics from the CDC, from the players, from the families. So it's certainly be a lot of trouble beforehand. It probably won't start in May, probably take a little while, but it does seem like that there, there is a decent chance baseball can start the season. But it's interesting also because could we see some interleague play between Arizona and Florida at all? Yeah, I mean, I, I doubt that's going to happen. I think that People want to limit travel as much as possible, which leads me to two things that, that I've been thinking about. A, are we going to see trades? And B, Arizona, the, the reason why they wanted to play in Arizona is because all of the ballparks that they would play at are all really close to each other. You go to Flo- like, like 30, 40 miles at most, uh, any team would be traveling. Florida depending on what the schedule is, a lot of teams are going to have, uh, let's say that the Grapefruit North and the Grapefruit South play each other. Like the Braves who play near Disney World have to go down to Fort Lauderdale or, or Port St. Lucie, which are, which are long drives. Are they going to have to stay in another hotel overnight? That's a whole other issue that they're going to have to deal with. Or are they just going to play one game, you drive back and forth? Or like you mentioned, Adam... You're playing your, your brand new division for the one year, but I but that I think is the easier part to to deal with. I think that because it's going to be an abbreviated season, they're not playing 162 games. It might it's looking like 81. Well, in the regular season already, you play your own division about 80 times anyway, so I think that's kind of easy. But what if there is a team on the brink of being over the edge? They need to acquire a pitcher. Are we going to see a pitcher from the Cactus League go to the Grapefruit League or vice versa? They want to limit travel as much as possible, and I think that's uh, one of the several issues that the MLB has to work out. I agree with Ryan again. Uh, certainly, I wouldn't expect to see any type of interleague play in this type of format. If they're doing the Grapefruit and the Cactus League and they have the team split up across the country like that and you don't have fans going to the games or anything, uh, certainly I wouldn't expect you to be mixing, I guess, the, the germ pool of those two interleague teams in a matchup like that. And, Ryan, I agree with you as well that you couldn't have trading, certainly uh, from one league to another, but even, I guess, within, like, within the context of a, a Cactus League trading with a Cactus League team, you probably couldn't have that if, if you're still trying to have the 
social distance, especially down in Florida with everyone being so far away from each other too. I don't, I don't want to cut you off, but I, I think Florida, no, is, you're it, right. it's just a lot harder. I didn't realize that they were so spaced apart in Florida, but that is another huge challenge to where, you know, there's more travel, there's more chances of exposure. And you talked about like the potential of having to stay at a different hotel room. I think that's another interesting point of these proposals is that the players are pretty much like quarantined in hotel rooms, like not supposed to see their families or anything, right? Like that's another yeah, part of this. Exactly. That That is crazy. And on that note, I'm going to turn it over to Adam. Anytime a player gets traded, this is this seems like a tangent, but it's going to go right back into it. Anytime a player gets traded, they ha- go through medicals. So if a player does get traded, they probably have to like take a coronavirus test to see if they have it before they get traded. So maybe if they do that, then you could have trades between leads. Because no matter what, they should probably get tested before they go to any team. Because they're all situated in the same hotels, and they're going to have to change their environment. And just for at least cautious measures, they'll probably just give them a test. So if there is going to be some interleague trades, and that's probably the only thing we would see between the two leagues until the presumed World Series, then it would probably just be... It could be a trade, and they'd have to, of course, test them. So it's just wild stuff. Everything is getting turned over sideways, and this includes the playoffs as well. There is already in the works a MLB playoff format after the supposed collective bargaining agreement would end in 2021, where they would adjust it to 14 teams. So since the season's already out of whack and it's very different, and a lot of teams are displaced from their division, but we see more than 10 teams make the playoffs this year. I, I like the idea because of the sacrifice of the regular season. And I know that you want to have like the most legitimate chance, but I think the issue with this is going up to 12 or 14 teams for one year and then going right back to 10. I mean, maybe I'm totally overthinking this, but uh, I already don't like the fact... I like how baseball has 10 postseason teams. I think that the regular season should matter. I'm not a fan of the NBA and the NHL having more than half of their leagues in the playoffs because I truly think that the best teams deserve to be in it. And I think that... I mean, hockey, we, we see upsets a lot, but basketball, we haven't seen a seven or an eight seat advance in, in, in I don't know how long. I, I like the idea of trying to make it a, as legitimate of a championship, quote unquote, as possible. But I, I just think that toying around with the postseason for one year is a lot different than toying around with the regular season for one year. Don't try to re- reinvent the wheel here. Some things should try to stay in place. I think it would be a little bit surprising to see it switched up just for one year, like you were saying, Ryan. Uh, but I do think that a shortened season makes it a little bit more possible. You know, you make the argument that if we're only playing 100 or so games, that it, it's kind of more of a crapshoot. So you reduce the randomness in that by allowing more teams to make the playoffs, I guess would be the argument. I I honestly don't really have a strong opinion about it either way. Uh, As a fan of a kind of fringe playoff team, I think that might be a little cool from from that aspect. The Cubs might need that extra playoff spot. Mm. But uh, 
I don't know. So, so, I, I so think long... let's say, though, that uh, I don't want to – I know I, I hate that I'm interrupting, but I want to get the, his point out. Let's say it expands to 12 or 14 teams this year. Cubs make it as the as the last seed in the National League. Next year, when they go back to 10 teams, they finish as the third wildcard team. So uh, whereas it would have been a postseason appearance this year if they change it up, it won't be next year. I feel like if you change the postseason this year, you, you have to keep that going. No? I, t- I totally agree with you. They, they have to keep it that way because there already were in pretty decent talks about this. And I'm totally with you. I hate the fact that there'd be more than 10 teams playing. I really don't want that to happen. I don't want to be like the NBA or NFL. Honestly, I was very against 10 teams in the first place when they were talking about it six years ago before that existed. It turned out to be fine, but I would be very much against 12 and 14 teams. I would love it for it to be just one year, one and done, and then go back to the format because there are teams that got displaced from their revision that they set up for on purpose. And now you look at divisions such as the Cactus West, who we'll get into very shortly, that are just jam-packed with like these mediocre teams that could have fought in these weak divisions, and now they might not have a postseason run in 2020. We're already getting into the fact that if this season, if it's played, will be legitimate anyway. So Everyone's talking about... Well, if it's a shortened season, how do you know if there was another team that you could have beaten? Or everyone's coming up with, with a whole bunch of different scenarios. It's not going to be the same exact championship as a 162-game grind, 10 postseason teams, so on and so forth. And look, guys, we, all, we saw the Mets go from a dozen games out of a postseason race to owning a wildcard spot at one point last year. So they're, at this point... Teams aren't going to be able to afford a four-game losing streak. Teams aren't going to be able to have as many magical late moments in the season. But again, I just think that there are some things that need to be left untouched. And and I think I think this is one of them. And I think that if you do futz around with it, don't worry around too much. And if you do, leave it permanent. I think in a way this could be like a really special World Series to win because like this is the year that – we're coming back. We're overcoming this this terrible virus, and then to be the team that that wins in that memorable season, I think that would, I think that'd be just as special, if not more so, potentially. That's a fair point. Actually, one thing that is a little bit different that we're kind of leaving out, and this is kind of if there was a pro send of playoff teams, and this World Series will be legitimate no matter what because. They still get to hold a commissioner's trophy, of course. But if they have more teams in the playoffs, then they have more big games that they can play. Or if they have maybe not more teams in the playoffs, but they have longer series, that's how baseball can maybe get their revenue back. That's true. That's a lot. That 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 can help also. The more postseason games that you have, that will uh, – yeah, you make a good point there. But again, when it comes – I understand that this is going to be a compromised season. But when you are just giving postseason teams a, a chance to make history, again, H- Henry's a Cub fan, so I, I, we'll use that as an example. The Cubs won 84 games last year. I'm not sure what their st- – like, I'm not sure if we had six or seven teams from East of – I don't know if they would have made it or not. But what if the first year you do it, a seven seed wins the World Series – and then the next year we're like, all right, all right that was cool. Go, let's go back to, to the old way. Then I think you are 
giving on the bubble teams like that an unfair shot because we've seen that it can happen before. And that's why the NBA and the NHL will never get rid of the seven and eight seed. That's why March Madness will always have a 15 and 16 seed. Now that we've seen a 16 win, we saw UMBC do it over Virginia a couple years ago. We'll never get rid of the 16 seed or the 15 seed. Maybe some people think that's like a participation trophy, quote unquote, but we've seen it done before. Now you just can't take it away. I don't think that's such a bad thing either. I think growing the playoffs is cool and having more teams involved, mm-hmm. more revenue. And another cool thing I liked about the proposal is that the get to pick your playoff opponent part of it. Like, uh, for instance, la- last year the Astros would have got the bye in the AL, but then the Yankees being the two seed would have got to choose their opponent of the wild card teams. So, like, Boston would have been the last one in with the expanded wild card. So they could have set up, like, a rivalry matchup. Like, we're going to knock the Red Sox out in the first round. Yeah, the most commonly the most common answer ever is we don't care who we play. Come on. Enough. Right. Yeah, you do. They would get rid of that. <laughs> exactly. have, you would have to care. Exactly. And then it lights a fire up everyone's ass that you picked. So uh, I, I would want to – I would, like – if the MLB went through with this, I'd be like, nah, like you guys pick. We'll we'll take whoever you don't pick. Because I would hate to be on old takes exposed and be like, no, nah, I want to like the Yankees and the Minnesota Twins. You don't think the Yankees would pick the twins oh, every yeah. single time? And then the one time you pick the twins, the twins would be like, all right, we got you. And then the twins sweep them in three games, and the, and then the <laughs> Yankees make get made fun of for the next hundred years. It would be so funny. They do have to pick the twins. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, you're right. Like, it, but it'd be so funny if they ever had like a fan vote and they're like, all right, you vote for the team they're playing against. Or, like, Imagine a fan <laughs> vote. That would be sick. <laughs> that'd be great. That'd We'd be, love that. That'd be amazing. We do have to move on a bit, though. And there are some teams, and this is the reason why we're talking about this expanded playoff uh, rosters because a lot of teams teams are playing in weak divisions are now displaced. So just a quick run through about these different divisions. The Grapefruit League, there's a North, which has the Yankees, Phillies, Blue Jays, Tigers, and Pirates. The Yankees South, are such a lock. They <laughs> so are. It's amazing. Like This will be like the, one of the easiest divisions we'll, we'll ever yeah. have. It's great. Yeah. South, Red Sox, Twins, Braves, Rays, Orioles. The East, Nationals, Astros, Mets, which Henry put in our notes, suck, just to try to piss off Q. <laughs> Cardinals. <laughs> and he wasn't even here. Yeah, I wasn't even here to see it. Maybe I'll listen to the, it. The Q and Henry rivalry is great. You guys, you, whoever's listening, I mean, you, you, got, you guys hear some jokes. You guys don't know what goes on in the Exavilo group chat, though. <laughs> you ain't wrong. She will, like, list off, like, 40 messages, and then Henry will just be like, all right, you're done. <laughs> Cut him off. Uh, he just he just tries to get at me. Yeah, it happens. Uh, just to repeat the East, Nationals, Astros, Mets, Cardinals, Marlins. Then you have the Cactus League at the Northeast with the Cubs, Giants, Diamondbacks, Rockies, A's, the West, Dodgers, White Sox, Reds, Indians, Angels, the Northwest, Brewers, Padres, Mariners, Rangers, and Royals. So after hearing those divisions, guys, and we had a little bit more time to prep, what is the toughest division? What is the weakest division out of these guys? I think the weakest division, even though it has the Yankees, has to be the Grapefruit League North. Yeah. I mean, the, Phil- the Phillies are barely a 500 team. 
The Blue Jays, I know we talked about it in our over-unders. I mean, I don't know. They're not going to be a 500 team. The Tigers didn't even win 50 games last year, and the Pirates are back to the Pirates of the, of the 90s and most of the 2000s. I, I mean, the Phillies are the second-best team in there, and it's a far second-best, too. I mean, if they all play up to their expectations, I know that they got Didi Gregorius, and I know that they signed Zach Wheeler. I'm not in love with Zach Wheeler. I watched a guy pitch almost – I've watched a lot of his starts over two years when I was working with the Mets. Nothing special about this guy, and he's their second starter. Just my personal opinion, outside of the Yankees and what the Phillies could be, but they haven't proven yet, that division's pretty weak. And for me, I'm going to go with the Cactus League Northwest. Yeah, that's probably my second. The, the- the bottom isn't quite as bad as uh, the Grapefruit North that Ryan picked there, but the top isn't as good. Uh, and just to remind you all, the Cactus League Northwest is the Brewers, the Padres, the Mariners, the Rangers, and the Royals. So maybe it is as bad at the bottom with the Royals and the Mariners, actually. So that that's pretty bad at the bottom. And then the tops, I mean, the Brewers and the Padres, I expect both of them to like hover around 500 Maybe potentially I for think, more, but also I think could Milwaukee, be worse. I think the Brewers, Padres, and Rangers, I think that could be a nice battle, though. I mean, I would pick the Brewers, but yeah. the Padres have some talent. The Rangers improved. They got Corey Kluber, who, if he's healthy and he can pitch well, that, that, that could be pretty dangerous. That trifecta would be amazing. Yeah, yeah that'd be, that'd be fun to watch. It would be a good watch. battle. Yeah, it'd be competitive, and I think they're all teams that have upside. I just don't. None of them have Yankees upside and maybe not even Phillies upside. Yeah, that's a good point. See, now I'm torn between because I originally sided with Henry in that because I really see the Padres and Rangers as fringe 500 teams at best and the Brewers as maybe an 85-win team. At least in the Grapefruit League North, the Phillies maybe can win 80-plus games. The Yankees will obviously win in a full season, it would win like 100. Maybe the Blue Jays can win about 80. But then you have some of the two worst teams in baseball, the Tigers and Pod and the Pirates. So it, you can go either or here. But who? what is the toughest division you got in your opinion? I think I like I, – I, I like the Nationals and Mets and Marlins, Cardinals, Astros division. That's a, that's a very nice division there. The Mets and Cardinals are – I think the Mets and Cardinals is one of the biggest non-division rivalries. And obviously the Mets and Nationals goes for itself. I mean, the Mar- the Marlins you can just take out of the equation. But those four teams right there, they, they all – I mean, the Astros would probably be the front runner. But the Mets, Nationals, and Cardinals can all fight f- for a second-place spot easily. All right, that one is really strong. That might be my second-place vote. But I'm going Cactus League West, which is Dodgers, White Sox, Reds, Indians, Angels. And Ryan, you may have a better top three there between the Nationals, Astros, and then I guess either the Cardinals or the Mets. But the Dodgers are just as super teamy as as any of those. And then every other team in that division is competitive. The White Sox are supposed to be pretty good this year. The Reds are talked about as front runners in the Central Indians, you still have a lot of talent there. Good pitching and Francisco Lindor and Jose Ramirez. And then the best player in baseball and Mike Trout and the Angels. And you bring in Anthony Rendon as well. 
It's a solid yeah, division. That, that's a high floor right there for sure. It would be such a stretch, but imagine in the one year, in this one crazy year, the Dodgers get dethroned from winning the division for seven years straight by the White Sox or the Reds, or the Indians <laughs> just coming out of, the, out of nowhere. I don't think the Angels are going to make it, but also, how cool would it be to have Bellinger and Trout in the same division? Come on, like that's that's an exciting division. The East is great, that would too. Be pretty cool. Yeah, the East is great, too, because you have the, the World Series teams playing each other. Then the Mets Cardinals, which is great. And then just throw in the Marlins in there, too. I also like how in this division – oh, never mind. I, I thought I was going to say that this is the only division where there aren't more than – where there aren't two teams in the same regular division. But you have the Indians and White Sox. But Dodgers are the lone division representative there. The Reds are their lone division representative. And the Angels are their lone – uh, division representative there. I think that's the most diverse one too. So that that makes that's a cool twist on it also. Yeah, nice melting pot. Honestly, doesn't the South kind of look interesting too between the Twins, Braves, and the Rays, and maybe maybe even the Red Sox can be sneaky yeah, that's in there? Fun. Yeah, that's fun. Twins and Braves would be a very nice battle for the top spot there. Rays too. You can't count them out. They're and pitching, Rays, yeah. yeah, you can't count the Rays obviously either. Yeah, they have a yeah, good top. A, that's a fun. Thought, that's a fun uh, division. I thought Cactus League Northeast might be sneaky competitive too. I think that's a lot of – there's not – well, I mean it depends on how you feel about Oakland. I like Oakland. But yeah. I, I, don't, I don't look at any of those teams and think, think that those are 90, 90, 91, 92 win teams. I think that right. – there's a few 85, 86ers there, but, but no, no, no one that jumps out at me. No, but it would be a close division, I should yeah, say. Yeah, it would be. Definitely. It would be. Screw it. Make these a permanent divisions. I don't care. <laughs> exactly. I'll be It'll happy be with that. <laughs> so who are the biggest winners and losers from this changed division? I think it's pretty safe to say that the Yankees yeah. are the biggest winners. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we touched on it before. I won't harp on it on it again. I think the biggest loser here, I'm going to have to go with... It's tough to look at the Mets are up there because I think that they're only I mean, even though they finished behind the Nationals last year, the Nationals did lose Anthony Rendon and I I made a bet with Q that the Mets were gonna finish second in the division behind only Atlanta. And I think I don't think that they're better than the Astros. And the Cardinals are the Cardinals beat made the postseason ahead of them uh last season as well. So I would probably have to go with the Mets there. I'm trying to look at anyone in the Cactus League that I feel strongly about. Um, probably, probably the uh, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with the Mets on this one. Uh, for my winners, uh, obviously the Yankees. Um, one I have who I noticed Adam is going to disagree with me is the Phillies. I think they're actually a kind of a winner going. They are with the Yankees in that grapefruit north, but the rest of the division is not that great. I think they're a clear number two, uh, which may have not been the case in the NL East. So I think the, the Phillies are a sneaky winner there. Yeah, but do you think Adam, that they're uh, better than anyone in the south and the east, though? They're not better than the Twins. They're not better than the Braves. They're not like the playoffs. I mean, they're better than the Rays. I actually hadn't even started to look at that through like a larger like league playoff context. That is that is a good I mean, question. You're right. And like they're, they're, they're probably they, they not. definitely make second place in that division. I just don't know if they'd still be a wild card team though. I mean, this is a pretty that that grapefruit South is pretty good. 
That is a good call. I was just thinking they'd benefit from playing the the Tigers and the Pirates a lot, and even the Blue Jays mm-hmm. probably too. Yeah, good point. But, but uh, Adam, do you disagree on the Phillies with me? Well, I see what you're saying with the Phillies and how they probably won't finish in fourth. They'll finish in second. But they're, they're still not making the playoffs in this new kind of strange division changes. But I actually disagree with you guys on who the biggest winner is. I would I think it's the Brewers. Honestly, I think it's the Brewers and the A's because people forget the A's won what ninety seven or so games last uh-huh. year. They're I don't think they're going to fall off the table in eighty five. I think they can at least in that division. I think they can still play win ninety plus. For, you know, they won't even have the Astros they play against. They have the Brewers, and <laughs> they're they have one of the they probably have the second or even the weakest division out there. So those guys definitely get the get an easier time. The Yankees obviously don't have to play the Rays now or the Red Sox, who were about a 500-win team at best. Mm-hmm. But everyone knew the Yankees would win division in 2020, probably, even with the Rays there. As f- I'm, yeah. rewinding, I'm rewinding about 25 minutes or so into here. But, Henry, you brought up a good point about the Phillies and how they would more than likely take advantage of Toronto, Detroit, and Pittsburgh. So mm-hmm. going back to the possibility that – these teams, the likelihood of them playing only a division, quote-unquote, opponents is obviously pretty strong. So I, I think I, I think a lot of people would feel pretty strongly about, about the league standings and a championship and who represents the, the American League or the Grapefruit and Cactus League, I should say, because obviously – I don't know the exact math, but I think that each team plays each team in their division 19 times. So 19 times four off the top of my head, that's like 76, I think. So you spend almost half of your season against division teams. And then the, you fill out the other 80, 86 games against other teams throughout the league, obviously. But And I think that's a good way to gauge who you can go up against. But without that being a possibility, potentially, how are we – that might affect a lot about how people feel about a, a postseason play. Because we don't – I mean, theoretically, we know how the Yankees match up with the Red Sox and, and the Mets and, and, the, and, the, and the Nationals and so on. But if they don't play each other at all this season, is it a true – do we have anything really to base anything off of? I know it just went on a bit of a, 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 a long run there, but. Well, I, th- I think just to start out with your first point in that the Phillies can certainly pick up some easy wins against the, against the Tigers, against the Pirates. And that, and Which is why their record might be a little bit skewed. Yeah, because it's not as competitive. So I didn't even think about that. And that's a good point. And I also hear what you're saying about Yankees, not having Yankees Red Sox. That's ridiculous. Not having Yankees Mets. That's ridiculous. But. At least we got to see Nationals Astros a good deal or Mets Cardinals a good deal. So it's not totally a loss. I I think that's probably the least of our worries right now in terms of these divisions. But it would still be very weird to not see Yankees and Red Sox play each other once during the entire season. It would kind of have the feel of a of spring training championship maybe, but I think one that could still be very meaningful and, and it would be a cool trophy to have in the case. I would certainly take it for my Cubbies. 
Yeah. Oh, no one's going to turn it down. I mean, <laughs> look, hey, if the Astros can friggin' celebrate a World Series title, I'm going to celebrate a potential World Series title if the Yankees play 80 games and don't play the Red Sox this year. Same. I'll live, you'll live. The Astros are still champions. Deal with it. So, for a last point, sorry to go on that bit of a tangent there. And then on But who who are your division winners and who are your wild card winners before we wrap this up? Off the top of my head, Yankees win the group group Grapefruit North. <laughs> there we go. Um, Sox, Twins, Braves, Rays, Orioles. I like the Twins there. I think that. Kantamayeda was a big move this offseason, and they got Josh Donaldson, too, away from Atlanta, which can prove to be pretty costly. I even like Tampa a lot, obviously. I mean, who doesn't? Uh, but I think the Twins, after winning 101 games, they got better. So I'm going to go with the Twins there. Grapefruit League East, I'm going to go with the Astros. And I also think uh, the Astros not having to face any opponent crowds is going to play a huge factor in this also because I truthfully think that the the Astros were getting in their own heads at spring training, getting booed out all the time. Uh, but they obviously don't have to worry about that, so I'm going to go with the Astros there. Cactus League Northeast, Cubs, Giants, D-backs, Rockies, A's. I'll go with the A's. Sorry, Henry. Oh, yeah. come on. I like the Cubs. Come on, man. I like the Cubs a lot. They got a shot. But – but o- Oakland has been, but Oakland has been very good. Uh, the Cactus West Dodgers lock, t- Cactus Northwest. I like the Brewers there also. I agree with you on a lot of those. I have the Yankees and Grape North. Uh, I'm actually going to go Braves and Grapefruit good South. Uh, I think they have a little bit more pitching than the Twins. Yep. Uh, I realized as you were breaking it down, kind of sleeping on the Rays. They're pretty good, too, so I wouldn't be surprised. But I think the Braves are nasty. Freddie Freeman, Ronald Acuna, two of the best players in the game. Uh, In the East there, I'm going to take the Astros as well. I think the Nationals kind of got worse this offseason. Most people would probably Their bullpen still stinks. Yeah. And, and you and you lose Rendon, and I mean, yeah, it's good that you keep Strasburg. I think that was a good move, but that team doesn't look as good to me. Uh, but that's beside the point here. Northeast of the Cactus League, I got the Cubbies, of course, because we're still good. We still got that core, and we're just ready to break out and win another World Series. Uh, Cactus League West, that is the Dodgers, obviously, Ryan, you said it. And in the Northwest, I'm going to take the Brewers as well. So I think the ones that we really have different ones about are the Grapefruit League South and the Cactus Northeast. For me, I have for the South – the Rays, and in, and in the Northeast, I do have the A's. So let, let's get into that. And do you mind if I start the Grapefruit League South? Please so go. the Rays might have the best pitching in that entire division, and they definitely are not as offensively driven as the Twins and, or the Braves, but they have tired last now. Charlie Morton and Blake Snell top of the rotation. Don't forget about Ryan Yarborough and Yanni Chirinos to round it out. Easily the best rotation. They have so many unheralded names in that bullpen, especially Nick Anderson, who is one of the best relief pitchers in baseball that no one knows of. So they're, they're good pitching could take them a long way and they, but they also might get out slugged. So I can see having a different great for South as for the Northeast. I, I just see the ACE picking up extra games out the Astros. And I don't think they fall too much off the table from how they were in, in 2019. 
who even are the A's? You know, like they just, I don't know any of those guys. I feel like I'm just kidding. I mean, like I know Matt Chapman, obviously, but I feel like they're just kind of some low profile guys who do get it done to their credit. Sounds, sounds like Oakland. Kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sounds like the A's. But no, Matt Olson and Matt Chapman, I think, are both very underrated. Matt Chapman is not just a good defender anymore, and. Chris Davis is gonna give you forty home runs. So he didn't. He didn't last no, year, but I would expect him to rebound. Don't forget about Semyon, who came third in MVP. I just yeah, don't like nowhere. him. <laughs> I, just, I don't like him. It's either. weird. I know. <laughs> I don't know. I, if he if he has if he has a similar season this year, then I'll call him legit. But for now, I'm holding off. Remember when that guy led the league in errors? I mean it. Simeon, yeah, he had like th- didn't he have like four hours, yeah. like three years ago? And now he's a good ago? defender. And now, and now he's a good defender. Yeah, whatever. That's baseball for you, Henry. By the way, I wrote a piece for uh, for Fansided uh, earlier today. Five trades that the Cubs should be thinking about uh, making. I made three rebuilding trades, so I won't hurt you with those. But the two oh. trades that I thought that they could make: a trading for Alex Cobb. And B, trading for Jake Arrieta if the Phillies want to let him go. What do you think? Oh, bring, bring Arrietta <laughs> back, back, baby. Uh, I don't think he has a whole lot left. But if we could get him for, like, free-ish, we could use a fifth starter. Exactly. That, that's my point. I mean, I think that, yeah. like, right now, who's your fifth starter? Tyler Chatwood? Who, uh, like, him or Jarrell Cotton? Yeah. I don't know. Probably Chatwood. Yeah. And Chatwood's going to be a free agent after this year in way. So that's why I said bring, Alex, bring in Alex Cobb. You get two years. Yeah. I mean, I know that he's had his fair share of injuries and he missed the majority of last year, but Baltimore probably wants to get rid of him for whatever they possibly could. You could, you uh, could they you let VR go for free. You'd think they would get rid of Cobb for nothing you, as well. Exactly. You could use a fifth starter for two years. Why not? I say do it. Yeah. Yeah, why not? I mean, nothing to lose. And it was a pretty slow off season for us. The problem is we're a little bit cash-strapped. I don't know what, uh, yeah, what Cobb gets paid. That's true. But I mean, if he, I know he's not super expensive, so it, it's a possibility. Is that an owl? That that's a Who pigeon on mine. I'm so sorry. That's it. You gotta be in here. Wow! <laughs> oh my god! I didn't think you could hear that. Oh my the, god! The, I I feel the, so bad. The upper the upper the upper west side is wilding right now. Yeah, that's what yeah, you're on the upper, upper west side. side <laughs> Man, that's a good. But wake me up in the weekend, so I'll smack my window to like drive him away. <laughs> Yeah, I don't miss I don't miss those sirens waking me up, but I do have construction outside of my bedroom, so that that, that that's replaced the sirens in in, uh, in Corona Queens. Well, that pretty much wraps it up for you guys. Thank you all for joining us with the Ace of Viola podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. It's not goodbye. It's see you later. I'm Stu and Ryan's Ryan he, Ryan here. Until next time, this is the Ace of Viola podcast. Hey.